Hello, everybody. This is Ayan, the Obsessor. This is Mai, the Cosmic Nomad. And welcome to the Obsessor Podcast. Welcome, welcome. And today's episode topic is going to be the media representation of sustainability. Um, we have two different people with two different views. As I, I did not realize that actually before we started this, but <laughs> I think it'll be an interesting conversation. So what I really wanted to talk about today was um, essentially the change that's happening uh, in the last little while with how sustainability is portrayed in the media. That's mass media, popular media, you know, things like YouTube, Instagram, whatever, wherever you see it whatever kind of information you get about it. Um, I just really wanted to talk to somebody besides myself because obviously I am my own echo chamber of thoughts. So we're just going to be talking about what we see and what we think is going to be happening in the new year. And it is the new year. It's 2019 now, officially. It's been a few days. Um, so I basically wanted to talk about the fact that I've been noticing a lot more discussions about sustainability, especially sustainable fashion. Um, in the last few months and even more so now that it's 2019 and I do think that 2019 is going to prove quite a different year than the last few years especially in regards to this particular topic I've been seeing a lot of interesting changes I think um, especially on YouTube just because I spend so much freaking time on it it's a kind lot of disturbing of time. so much time um, and I wanted to start by talking about you know like the fashion YouTubers that some of us may know and some of us may love. I don't know. What do you do? You For have me, anything to say about that? To be honest, the only fashion YouTubers or anything fashion related on YouTube that I go to is is Show Studio. Oh really. yeah, I'm I'm that kind of a person. I'm not like a person who's like, let's see what I can pull out of this place or go to this store or do that. That's, that's obscure. Yeah, that's more obscure. I don't think most people know about Show Studio. I didn't know about it until which you is told shocking me. because. Everyone's on shows. Well, at least not, I can't say everybody, but the industry knows Show Studio. It's just, I guess the average person doesn't. Well, this is the interesting thing, right? Is the things that we know as people in fashion and the things that most people get um, who are outside of that industry are completely different. And I think this is the problem with having so. like an echo chamber of your own ideas. Well, yeah. Well, from I guess from my perspective, it's because I'm I'm a creator. I'm not just only a fashion designer. I'm also a photographer, videographer, illustrator. So Show Studio is more or less encompassing everything, and they yeah. talk to everyone from every aspect of fashion. Yeah, I was actually I was looking at their recent thing. They were covering all the all, all the different fashion shows that were going on. Yeah, they have um, discussions. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, I have like very little to no interest in seeing the new fashion shows, which is that is true. It's not really as weird. As you, yeah. It's really odd that, like, as a person who is as obsessed with fashion as I am, that I just don't care anymore. Like, I, <laughs> you're right. It's not. I, I don't know. It might not have the same feel. Yeah. And for me, I kind of went on a hiatus of watching fashion runway shows two years ago. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think yeah, it's I, weird. It's yeah, a, it's a synchronicity thing. And I still work in fashion. I'm still like into it. And I know, like, you took a break doing other things. I also kind of delved into other things, but I'm still technically in fashion. And I, uh, I yeah. kind of don't care. And it's not even like I don't have any interest in what's going on in terms of like runway shows and stuff. But it just feels like that's not where you are going to get most of your fashion knowledge anymore. No, because everything seems like, I think it's because it's not as interesting because it seems like we're in a huge flux. Yeah. 
in terms of how you make these products. Yeah. So it's a seems like the old world or the old style of doing things compared to the more modern 3D printing and so on and so forth. You know, that's, 3D printing that in itself is still very much on the edges of yeah. fashion, but but it's it, on runways, but it's just how it's implemented, I guess. Well, that's really interesting, actually. So I guess there's a lot that we can learn from it, but I think um, I think for most people, that's not where they're going to be getting their information. And I think for the newer generations, especially like things like YouTube and Instagram, the, that kind of social media information is much more valuable to them and it's much more relevant to their everyday lives. So yeah. one of the things that I really, really wanted to talk about is like, how do YouTube fashion bloggers and things like that, how do they, or I guess they're not bloggers anymore. They're like, yeah, what are, what are we I don't know. Though? Because remember, influencers, like I remember. They are influencers. They're fashion influencers. They're, but that whole notion doesn't, okay, they influence people. It doesn't people. exist. They influence people. But the whole notion of, I remember Instagram influencers when that whole thing came out well, it's, was so weird. But I think it's because it's more video based than just still image based yeah, now. Yeah, because now it's, yeah, everybody, every it's a must. You have to do video. Yeah, it used to be that if you had a blog, you could be a really big fashion influencer and, yeah. and have a, or fashion influencer and have a blog, you know, like Gary Pepper Girl and all those, like the, the, the second generation, I would say, of like fashion bloggers. They really, they kind of like, shifted the tides and then things went to instagram mm -hmm. and now they're definitely much more in my opinion like on youtube mm -hmm. and i think those people like it's similar in the beauty industry but maybe like more so even than the fashion industry but so much of that is based on advertising and that's another yeah. thing that i want to talk about i agree no yeah it's it's dramatically changed at least within the last three years the whole influencer thing yeah and being partly in that world for a short stint it's interesting and weird and not talk as... about it. I want to I want to hear about that because I don't actually think I know very much about that part of your so, life. So, uh, distant part of my life, not too long ago, I was pretty much managing and um, mm, that's right. Yeah, I was managing an influencer and traveling around Europe with this influencer, going to different shows. Sorry, I just love that you're like this influencer. Yes, I'm not going to mention names. So. Mm. And uh, this influencer, we went to fashion weeks and things like that. And like I said, the whole notion of influencers, or at least the, you know, the pull or the... The draw of them. The draw of them or the glamour of being an influencer yeah. was, oh, let's go to the show. They'll, they'll give us free tickets. They'll give us free stuff. They'll give us free stay just so we can, you know, promote this hotel or this brand. That's or, right. You know, that's what it was. Yeah. And literally, I was in that. I was literally the one contacting these brands and companies and doing that for so this you're basically influencer. like managing this influencers pretty much uh, in, a, in a weird way pimping this person out yeah for sure yeah pretty much <laughs> that's really interesting and seeing that and seeing how the industry's changed where influencers don't have as much say anymore like yeah. no one cares about you anymore and that's it happened pretty quickly actually they don't care about you in high fashion but you know who does care about you no they did in high fashion though for when yes, i was there yes. that was it was dying out just as i was there absolutely and i still i still remember like i was friends with a couple of yeah i wouldn't say like i don't know like i never really heard about them until i became friends with them and then they were like oh yeah i got to go to all the shows i got to do all the things and i was just like how and they're like oh you just you just do it and then eventually they just contact you or like people give people give you tickets or you just figure out ways to go into it because you're an influencer and now I think it's very different, and I think now most fashion influencers are actually sponsored by specific fashion brands. Yes. And when I say fashion brands, I mean like retail brands. Mm -hmm. And so they get most of their sponsorships from, like, you know, I don't know if you particularly mm -hmm. know, but companies like Shein and like um, 
I guess less like Zara and whatnot are not really going to be no, sponsoring they, they anybody. Don't, they, they don't, don't need care. anybody. They don't. They yeah. But there was that whole wave of like Chinese like knockoff brands that basically well because they wanted more North American and European exactly. influence pretty yeah. much. That's what they wanted. But, so it made it made perfect sense. But those same European American influencers were also affecting everybody globally because yeah. they were on on YouTube or on Instagram or whatever, and so. Basically, they got sponsorships mm-hmm. from those brands to do like haul videos and things like that. That's how the industry works. Is like you would get paid either depending on how big you were, either with free clothes, mm-hmm. or you got paid financially and also you got free clothes. But yeah. the point is, like, you were essentially an advertisement for these brands yeah. as a fashion influencer. Yeah, pretty much. You and, had to, yeah, you had to look like it was all naturally like you're receiving these things. When in fact, from the get go, relatively, you are. You're an advertisement. Yeah, Yeah. living advertisement, pretty much, yeah. And I mean, I think when it first started, it was like, it was interesting to people because the, like, especially the smaller influencers, they were more like, oh, I get free stuff. Sure, I don't get paid, but I'm going to be buying this stuff anyway. So it doesn't really matter. I'm still saving money, essentially, because I'm still going to be buying those clothes. But instead of buying them, I get them for free. So they would do like essentially. Kind was that their of, logic, of, or that's what they're telling I, their viewers? I think it's. I think that was some of their logic. And I mean, I can't. I can't speak to it completely, but I know for a fact that not all of those influencers got paid. A lot of them just got free clothes. Yeah, which is a better trade-off, and and for for the company. But not, I think. But what? It, but that's what I'm saying. I think in the long run, what they were thinking at the time when this first started mm-hmm. getting going, not so much now, but definitely at the time, it was like, well, whatever. Even if I don't get paid in, in money. Like, even if I don't get actual money, I still get stuff, which I would normally pay money for. And instead of paying money for it, I just get it for free. Yeah. So why not? But now that the value of being an influencer has actually gone up quite a bit. It has? Really? Yeah, it has. Well, it has. I guess it depends Specifically on... Specifically in fashion and beauty. I think it's more or less YouTube influencers. Yes, yes, Not yes, yes. Instagram influencers. Mm, no, well, that's, that's I think just... you have to have both if you're going to do it most of the time. But people want to see you as a personality. It's more person like, yeah, moving... You know, not a still image personality, even though the still image is still awesome. Yeah. But they want to see this moving image character. But here's the thing. I don't necessarily have a problem with people getting free stuff that they might want. And then like showing it to other people. The issue with that that I've always had was like, well, you don't actually understand how these clothes get made. You don't really get these brands. You are just getting free stuff that you think is a benefit to you because you're saving like $100, $200, $300. And yet your followers are going to be spending $100, $200, $300 to go get this stuff that they also have no information about. So essentially no. you're just, you're, you're, what's You're the not word? helping these consumers be more aware of where this clothes come from. And like, making it's like smart conscious, decisions. Like smart yeah. decisions, smart conscious decisions. Yeah. And that's very detrimental in the long run because. But they were not educated. And yeah. I think this is the thing is so many of those fashion influencers were very young. Like they were like 19, 20, 21 years old when they were getting into it. Yeah. And they really, and I mean, most consumers don't have any clue where their clothes come from, where their, where their food comes from, where anything comes well, it's, from. It's the way that we're living right now. It's pretty much everything's so fast that you don't, well, it's not everyone. I'm not saying it's everyone. No, no, no. As a whole? As a whole, yes. Everyone doesn't know about how even food, certain food no. comes to your plate or where the restaurant gets their food or where anything comes from really nowadays, which is, which is sad. Well, and this is what I'm saying is I think that's changed quite a bit over the last like year or two because especially with like veganism and all that kind health, of stuff. Yes, proliferating. the health aspect because it's going yeah. in your body. Absolutely. And so there was that whole thing where, I mean, even like 
I would say like 2017 was a huge year for like vegan YouTubers and all that stuff. I'm going to be honest about my choices and not all of my choices are going to be perfect and ethical and super sustainable. But I think so much of that has to do with your like your mindset. And I'm not going to be shoving blocks of, you know, like cheddar like me, like I used to back in the days. <laughs> I know. Me too. I, I was that person. But oh. also like I'm going to say this just as a short aside, like when I was first when I, I was like 12 when I became a vegetarian the first time around. And when I was first learning about this lifestyle, there was no information. There was no information about it. And essentially, like, I would just eat fries and <laughs> and cheese all the time. I would eat cheese sandwiches and fries. That was, like, half of my diet. More than half of my diet. I, I didn't eat I vegetables. I that, too. I did. Same with a lot of my friends, though. Like, the people that I know now that are pretty street, strict, whoa, huh. that are pretty strict vegans yeah. are... Um, they all started the same way. They were like, I fucking ate cheese sandwiches for like the first year that I was a vegetarian. And then eventually I figured out how to cook for myself, how to do all this stuff. And it became like very different. But when you first get into any of this stuff, you're not going to be perfect. And anybody who's telling you like, well, you should just give up on it. Like, no, no, you're not going to do that. That's not realistic. That's really not sustainable. And because ultimately sustainability is about being able to uphold something for a long period of time. And that means making small changes. Like I am such a fan of just like make small changes, just make those changes that yes, you will notice them. They will make a difference in your life, but it just because you can't do the whole shift, you can't change everything about yeah, your life right insane. away. It's, it's, I can attest to that changing your diet literally in a, in a day. It's really bad oh, for God. you too. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to keep going like in that vein forever. It's oh, just no, not your body's going to freak out. Your body's just going to Your be like, mind is going to freak out. You're just going to be like, oh, why God. do I have to be deprived of everything? Like that's not good in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Just find substitutes in the beginning and then cut it off. Essentially. Okay. So, yeah, like it's um it's not that big of a deal, but that that's sort of also a tone that I want to set for this entire endeavor is that like just because I think you can improve your life doesn't mean that I think everybody needs to change everything about themselves right away. Like, I think there's ways that we can improve our lives in little ways, you know, small, incremental changes. I think that's going to be a, a theme. I think I'm going to be, be talking about this a lot. Yeah. All I'm saying is that, like, you know, in the same way that people understand that, like, the way you eat now over the last two years, there's been a huge change and, and more people are going vegan and more people are like understanding the effect that their diet has on be it the planet or other people or like they're more careful about like where the it started with coffee. Do you remember that? The fair trade coffee, fair trade chocolate yeah, the, like uh, <laughs> six, ten years ago. I, I actually know about them. I've, yeah. I've in my previous life, yeah. in my many lives, as you yeah. guys will hear throughout this podcast, For sure. I've had many lives and many jobs. And one was um, doing a publication that I ran, and we were promoting free trade coffee. Yeah, and back then it was totally on the fringes of everything. Yeah, and for me it was it was very weird because coffee originally comes from Ethiopia. Yeah, that's true. And which is a country that I'm very familiar with. Oh yeah, I wonder how. Very familiar with, and um, it was very interesting that the whole culture of coffee. I learned that even the fair trade things, and I started to love coffee. Yeah. But I hate it now because <laughs> I do hate it now because, because I got. But I hate it now <laughs> because I loved 
how they made it. Like I learned how to make coffee for the first time from this coffee shop owner. Okay. Called Merchants of Green. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, beside, I, I've, uh, Queen I've known King, a right at the couple bridge. people that work there. Actually. Yeah, it's a funky nice place. So it's I, a great I, we place. We promoted them in our publication, and he taught me how to roast it from green bean to yeah, everything that place is amazing. to grind, and I loved it. But anytime I go to any coffee because shop... Because you love process, though. Yes, I like starting so from scratch. So once you know, yes. you're into it. You're like, oh, I get it. I understand yeah. this. I love this. That's yeah. how I am. I, everything I make is from, from scratch. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So when I see other coffee shops or coffee in general, I'm just like... like you make your own kombucha. Ew. Yeah, make everything. I do too. Not so much these days, but I have for sure. You name it, from kombucha to my own ghee. By the way, can we just like have a short little detour on the kombucha thing? Mm-hmm. So when I first found out about kombucha, I was like, what is this? What is this? I have no idea. This sounds really weird. And (laughs) then I tried it and I realized it's this thing that I have been drinking since I was a small child Mm -hmm. because my grandmother made kombucha. So it's a thing that's known in Russia or like in Russian culture at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's grib, which is like a mushroom. So it's essentially like a fermentation of of a mushroom, but it's Mm -hmm. tea. It's like a tea mushroom or something like that. Yeah. It's just the whole point is it's tea. It's fermented tea. So like, I don't actually think it's a mushroom, but when you translate it, it's a mushroom. And so I've been drinking that stuff since I was very, very little. And I was so in love with it when I was little. And I had no idea what it was. it's bacteria, but it is also... It is, it is. But but it grows like a fungus in that way. Yeah, that's the whole scope. But I just think it's like a... Yeah, essentially, like, when you translate it, you're like, oh, what is this? (laughs) And so when I found out what it was, I was like, holy shit, this has been a thing forever and all of a sudden and okay like i'm saying this because i think it's actually related in that like so many different cultures actually have a completely different understanding of like sustainability and veganism and whatever and like that's actually part of the reason we're not going to get into it but this is why we want to travel and talk to other people from other cultures and see how they perceive our ideas about what sustainability is because most of those like there's so many cultures in the world that actually treat what we think is really weird as completely normal and every day see to them the notion of sustainability is built into the it's culture. It's inherent, yeah. It's inherent, yeah. It's built into the culture, whereas us, it's like a secondary thing we're learning. Yeah. Usually when we get older. Capitalist structures. But we grew up here, you know. Well, it's no accent. Well, I mean, I also grew up, I mean, I say grew up, like I spent my childhood also in like a post-Soviet country. And I think anybody who has mm-hmm. um, spent, like who has memories of that, there's a, there's a certain kind of shared memory that is that you're... Cloudy... You're, it's not funny. through no. miserable streets. <laughs> it's not that bad. Sorry, I'm just thinking of movies I've seen. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> I mean, it depends when. I'm saying post-Soviet, not Soviet. But <laughs> but there's definitely a thing, like, I probably have less in common with people that are currently in Russia than I do people of other post-Soviet countries because we all have this kind of shared memory of not having enough. And partially, I think, for me, this is where my obsession with, like, stuff comes from is because I grew up with very little stuff. Not because... I mean, yeah, sometimes it was because we didn't have enough money or whatever, and that's one thing. But it's because I come from a culture originally that, like, we're very careful about the things we buy. We're very, we make sure to, like, take care of them because you never know when your next piece of furniture or food or whatever is going to come from, you know? Like, so you're very frugal and you're very careful and, like, you don't buy things just because you buy things out of necessity or because something is ruined or whatever. So you grow up with this kind of sense of like fix all your stuff. Yeah, yeah, make that's sure, how it is. yeah, trade stuff. Yeah. Like give away your things when you're done with them. Yes. Make sure other people from family members or whatever give them back to you. Like it's very much a culture of like DIY and make do. Yes. But when you move to North America or like more Western or just more affluent countries, what you understand it, you not understand, but you live in this kind of 
disposable country. It's everything disposable, disposable. Society, yeah, absolutely. Everything is disposable, and on top of that, you want that. Like you end up living for this kind of sense of like, oh well, I want that thing. You I want to keep that up as with as the Joneses. Absolutely, status becomes so important yeah. because that's what everything is built on. And I think because of that, you and I, to some extent, both well, of us, we are both because we're both immigrants, and we both came from countries that were pretty much yeah within that realm of relatively like, saving poor. and yeah, relatively poor. Though it, when I came here. Even though there was all this abundance and everything like that, we still fixed our own things. Even though yeah. we had landlords and things like that. Because you get used that. to it. Yeah. And you're like, why would I waste money yeah. on this when I, whatever, right? Yeah, I literally fixed everything in the house. Like, the stove was, and this is this is my mom as well. She's she's the one that spurred that whole thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're not, why would you call this guy? Just let's fix it just ourselves. Just fix it yourself. You know how to do this. Just go check it out. Like, whatever. Yeah. And this is before the internet. Remember that? That's just <laughs> yeah, showing my age now. No, no. We, I know. I get it. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, that's the kind of life I grew up. It's just, I, you can relate to that. In a... And I think that gives us a different perspective. I think that gives us a sense of like, why is it important to live more sustainably? And, and I keep repeating this word sustainably, but really what I mean is like something that you you can keep going like you can take something and you can run with it like you don't have to not everything is disposable things matter you know things matter because they have a certain value in your your life and i think this value shift is becoming more and more evident in our current culture and i do wonder if that's also because like of the whole migration thing where people are moving back and forth and like there's more immigrants in you know more affluent countries and they're bringing their well, values into it that's part of it it's kind of weird though because we were immigrants yeah both both of our families were immigrants but we didn't have okay cur- like new immigrants have a different understanding i don't know what it is because they're no they didn't I, necessarily grow up in that because yeah. nowadays most countries have access to the internet they have access to all these different means of making money I and guess, whatever yeah. the walls have been broken i mean but it's but they're more inclined to do the whole disposable thing. Like they're they want that, but yeah, they want that's, that that's because the they want the status. They want it's like who are the biggest consumers these days? It's India and China, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially in fashion, you're going to hear this all the time. Oh, but this no, is true course, everywhere. Of course, they're the ones that are buying the high end brands. Who is spending like the that. most money on on uh, luxury goods? China. Yeah, and India is second, but but China. And you know who it apparently is, according to like what I've been reading, and I don't know. Like honestly, I haven't done enough research to know if this is accurate. But from what I've been reading, apparently it's like millennials who don't have any fucking money, so they're running up their credit cards. Chinese millennials. Chinese millennials who don't even have that much money because the Chinese millennials that do have money are creating the kind of status bar, and so everybody oh, else has to try it. Yeah, because I've heard of uh, like uh, yeah. For example, we're in Canada. And these, there's actual Chinese Vancouver oh, reality too. shows. In Toronto as well, though. Oh, they Not have? reality shows, but... No, but, but there's an actual reality show okay. that is geared towards uh, Chinese people back in... Young millennials back in China. And it's Vanco- rich Vancouver... What do they sell off? A ticket to come to Canada? No, it's basically saying, hey, we're living in Vancouver. We got our own condo. It's basically the Kardashians in a certain sense type of vibe. Oh. But it's Chinese immigrants. Oh, it's like a reality They're show. Rich Chinese immigrants. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it, I, it was crazy. I was like, holy shit. I didn't know this existed. That's really interesting. And it's and it's spurring this whole thing of them promoting what's going on in Vancouver. That but just they reminds fly. me of like Shaws of Sunset. It's you know pretty much like about? that. Yeah. But it's oddly the production quality is not that good. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, well, I guess that's LA. Or, or maybe yeah. or maybe it's the fact that maybe there's a certain style of uh, shooting, maybe. They might. They might they, just be doing it. certain cultures like stuff. certain styles of shooting. Yeah. So the point is, I think, let's just let's just get back to our original thing, which was, <laughs> uh, well, I guess we have talked about media portrayals of sustainability, and I think that that is changing quite a bit. Like, in my opinion, 
2019 is the year of change. It's the year that the buzzword of sustainability is actually going to gain some ground and have some legs, like real legs. It's just a little weird, though, because I guess when you're doing something for so long and then you hear everyone else like telling you, hey, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Yeah. I'm and like, oh, God. So one of the major changes that I've been noticing is these fa- going back to the fashion uh, vloggers and like the YouTube personalities that are influencers. I'm sorry. I keep calling them bloggers. And bloggers. <laughs> like they're fashion influencers. You, you knew I know I'm old yeah, school. Yeah. I fucking I feel old. So. Um, <laughs> So these influencers, essentially, I think they're starting to understand, like, as they get older and also, like, their um, their following kind of becomes a little more aware of all these issues, I think they're understanding that, like, oh, you can't just mindlessly, like, you have to be propagandize for all of these brands, essentially. Yeah. Um, to I'm sorry, I have such communist speak sometimes, like, I can't even, but... <laughs> I will be the middle ground. Sure. Yeah. Feel free to to correct me. But I feel like it is. It's a bit of like propaganda for consumerism, right? To me, that's what it looks like. They had a lack of awareness and now they're becoming more aware of it. And what's happening that I've noticed is that there's a a whole new set of halls, right? It used to be like Zara halls, Forever 21 halls, whatever, a couple of years ago. Now it's thrift halls. Everyone's doing thrift halls. And I find this really funny because like I remember being a little kid and we first moved here, like we didn't have any money. And my mom and I would like go to like Value Village or mm-hmm. all these like places, Goodwill, like anywhere. And my mom would just be like, don't tell anybody that you got these clothes secondhand. And I'd be like, why? I love these clothes. And she'd be like, it's okay. And she would just be like, oh, because, you know, they're secondhand. It's, it's kind of like getting hand-me-downs. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, but don't tell anybody that you got hand-me-downs. And now it's considered super fucking cool. And I remember when I first <laughs> became popular because I was like, in 2008, I remember when blogging specifically fashion blogging was starting to become a thing Mm -hmm. there were all of these people all of these women specifically who were like reselling thrift vintage clothes Mm -hmm. and this is where like um what's her face uh girl boss oh yeah she and like a bunch of other people basically they would start selling stuff on ebay and then they started their own websites and all this kind of stuff would they become nasty gal that's right yeah so it was nasty gal and like all all of those girls like i was actually selling reselling my own vintage clothes when i was living in montreal that's how i made my money and i wasn't doing it a lot but like i did it enough to be able to make an income out of it and like pay for my shit but i just remember looking at it and be like oh but like that's that's intense like i don't know if i'm gonna really do this and now i obviously regret it but even then i remember looking you could at have it been Whatever. It's whatever. I mean, like, we all have our journey. It's fine. Sure. Am I a little bit pissed off at myself? Yeah, of course. I could have just kept going with that, but I didn't. And that's fine. I could have been the next Zuckerberg. And I could have been a programmer, but, you know, Neopets only taught me how to make stores in HTML and I didn't really go any further than that. Yeah. But that's fine. The point is, I just remember looking at them. And even now I look at I look at these influencers and a part of me is a little bit pissed off because I'm just like, Seriously, you think this is cool now? Where the fuck were you in like like ten years ago when everybody thought they this were was kids shit? though? They were younger than us, way younger. I know, but there's still a part of me that gets a little bit mad about that because I'm like, you don't understand, and da 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 da, and I don't want to be that person. I really don't. But that's that's how I, guess, I react. To something but it's like all that. perspectives, and this world it's all pretty much perspectives. Like, it is to someone, it's something new, right? And they have more passion behind it. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you back, you're like, I kind of give up on that guy. No, I didn't give up on it. It's the thing. I kept doing it, but I just never thought that it was a viable means of making money because to me, it was just normal. I was like, well, this is just what I do. I get my hand, my clothes secondhand. And that's because I can't afford to buy regular like price things. I could never afford to buy regular price things until I was like 
because 19, 20 years old and I started working in high-end retail. But I guess for you at the time, it was a necessity. It was a necessity. See, that's the difference. But this is what I'm saying. And so now, like, not so much now, but at the time when I was looking at these girls who were like, and I mean, I think it was a necessity for them as well. But I think in my mind, I was just like, why the fuck are these girls from California, like, reselling vintage clothes to make money and making it so glamorous when, like, this is what poor people do in order to, like, get shit they need. And when I, I just remember going to, like, all these secondhand stores and I'd be like the youngest person there because everybody else who was shopping there would be like much older and much poorer and whatever and that was normal and nowadays that's not it you go into any secondhand store you go into any thrift store and who do you see it's all like 16 year olds just shopping there which is not a bad thing it's I don't not, think it's a bad thing it's not a bad thing but I guess yeah you're right when I was growing up too it was, was pretty much older it was looked down and, upon and things like that and older men but I personally, when I was growing up, I didn't, we didn't shop at, uh, at Goodwill or anything, even though I had a large ass family. I think it was because my mom would, would sew shit. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, she, that's she, different. She used to sew all that. So that's how I learned my stuff. But at the same time, with all the siblings working, though, because mm-hmm. I'm the youngest of all these siblings, mm-hmm. by the time I was growing up, yeah. the siblings would buy me clothes along with my mom. Oh, that's so I, I was the lucky one at the end of the day. Yeah, so you didn't get to experience the real ex- poverty the of real it all. poverty, yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> No, but I understand what you're trying to say. These kids see this as... It's glamorous. It's glamorous, yeah. Because Nasty Gal made it glamorous and there's a movie about it and everything like that. TV show. Yeah. Or for, a Netflix show, whatever. It wasn't... Yeah, yeah it, was it was a Netflix, Netflix show. Yeah, show. Yeah, it was. But for me, when I shopped at Valley Village, it was years later when I was more of an adult. Yeah. And it wasn't because it was glamorous. It was because, dude, I need a jacket. Yeah. That they don't make at these stores. These yeah, you want an actual vintage yeah. jacket that they no longer make, and you're like, yeah. well, why the hell would I, whatever, when I can? Yeah. yeah. I bought it because it was utilitarian. I needed things that would function in yeah. my life rather than being glad. And I will say, I think that is true for a lot of the kids that like end up starting to thrift shop when they're younger, especially. That's what I've heard anyway. Um, because most of the time, kids were like younger, unless they're very, very rich, like their parents are very rich, they don't have the money to go shopping. They just go to thrift stores because it's easier. And nowadays, and nowadays like, though, nowadays. Nowadays, I'm talking about nowadays. Back and in the, back in the days. No, too, no, no. Most, I'm talking about no now. No kid, no kid at a certain age in their teens. No. Would want to buy secondhand clothes. And the, here's the thing: I was lucky because I Even went to shoes. A, growing up with shoes. Oh, oh shoes are still. Oh, I can, I can. Oh my god. Secondhand shoes only became okay like in the last few years, like yeah. only in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually, if I were to guess, I think it's because most people don't wear their stuff out anymore. They just buy stuff and then they get rid of them. So well, it's much sneaker, easier it's to the find your culture. That's different. Because you're buying that's from different. someone else who wore it, but it's no, no. still kind of mint. But that's different. But I I do think that it had, had an influence, but I'm saying, like, I think as a general rule, people don't wear their stuff out to the same extent no. because of the proliferation of fast fashion and things that are, like, quote-unquote dispo- disposable, but I think a lot of people don't throw them out. They just donate them. So you get stuff that's relatively new. So there's more of a chance of finding new shoes and new clothes and whatever. It, like when I was a kid, people didn't donate stuff as much either. Like they were just, they just throw them out. I would donate. That's how I grew up at least. In fact, I remember even like, what was it? Like six, seven years ago when I used to work at like a very high end um, retail store, very high end suit store. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I remember talking to a manager of mine who had been working there for like over a decade. And he was, he very proudly proclaimed that he would throw out all of his old suits. He would just roll them up and throw them into the garbage. Uh, like, what do you call them? The, and these suits were from the store. Yes. Um, what do you call it? The, you know, the, the garbage chute? Yes. Yeah. So, because he lived in like a condo or something, I don't know. So he was like, yeah, whenever I get tired of my suits and I've worn them for like a few years, I just, I roll them up and I just throw them down the garbage suit. And I just looked at him with my mouth agape, just being like, 
are you serious? Were they worn out? He's like, no, I just, I wore them enough. I was tired of them. And I was like, you know, you could just donate them. He's like, yeah, but I don't have time for that. And I was like, what time? There's hang bins on. almost everywhere. Hang on. I literally was like, wait, you don't, you, you have time to put it in a bag and call somebody to pick it up because there are plenty of services that will come pick up your clothes mm -hmm. and take them away from you for free. So that's got nothing to do with time. It's just got to do with your complete lack of giving a shit about it. And that I think that was the attitude for such a long time. Is people would be like, I am so capable. Like, I have so much money that I can just throw shit out and it's fine. And I don't think that's the case anymore, which I think is incredible. Like, I think it's so wonderful that people don't just want to throw things out for no reason. But at the same time, I think that there is a bit of an issue with people thinking that they are more sustainable than they really are. These things are shifting, but I think there's still a lack of education to some extent about what does it mean to be sustainable? What does it mean to be green? What does it mean to be ethical when it comes to buying your fashion? And I think so much of it has to do with actually your, with your mindset more than yes. with what you're buying. Because I think regard, so this is my problem. This is, this is ultimately what I'm trying to this get This is what to. you're obsessed. This is what I'm obsessed about is this idea that people think that they're being more sustainable because they're thrifting but they're still doing haul videos. And I think that is the problem. I think the problem is not necessarily even where you shop as much as it is how much you shop. Because if your entire life is based on this idea of like, I gotta go get more stuff, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Doesn't matter where you get it. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? We'll get into this in an, on another episode. We'll def I definitely wanna break down like um, the whole thrifting culture and I wanna talk a lot more about like what happens to your clothes when you donate. That's gonna be down the line. but. Let me tell you, as somebody who's worked in that industry of like secondhand, who's been a picker, who's gone to rag houses, who knows how that system works, and mm -hmm. I'm sure you do too. I don't know if it's to the same extent, but... I had to style in my early days, and I had to go to stores, and I hated it, but not the styling part, but just bringing it back to the store. Like, I just... Oh, the return the stuff? The returns. Like, oh, no, 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 but I'm talking about like, you know when you, when you donate stuff? Yeah. People think that if you donate things, it's good. You're good. You're good. You've donated. You've done your bit. It's going to somewhere that somebody can use it. That's, That's not, not how case. it works. That's not, yeah. That's not how it works. Most of those clothes will end up in the landfill, whether yeah. it's here or in another country. Yep. And ultimately, it, it sometimes it does more damage than it does good. I don't actually have a problem with secondhand clothing because I think it's better to resell it than not. I think it's better to resell it personally than to donate it and then have them resell it. But you know, like that's that's Which a whole I, different thing. I understand, but a lot of people would disagree, but. I don't know why they would yeah. disagree because they're wrong, but whatever, like hey, hey. it's, no, but it's true. Like it's always, always better to deal with things on hand than it is to give it off to a second party and have them deal with I agree, it but that's because what... you can't control what they do with it. But there's times where there's, you have so much clothes. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's bad to donate. Yeah. I think if you, if it's an option of throwing it out or donating it, oh, no, donate I it. I throw it in the garbage. I was taught to not throw but people my clothes do. in the garbage. Yeah. Lots of people do. And I think it's always better to donate than to throw it out. But what I'm trying to say is that people think like, oh, just because you donate stuff, you're good. You're done. Like you yeah. don't have to think no. about it anymore. But the truth is that a lot of that stuff will end up in the garbage anyway. And to top it off, like, I get it. I love thrifting. I love the, the find. I love the challenge. I love the kind of scavenging aspect of it. It's mm -hmm. super fun for me. I've always enjoyed it. It's like, you know, some people don't like going to like Winners or TJ Maxx or whatever. I love that. But this is the thing. A lot of people don't. I've talked to so many people who are just like, no, I want to go into a store. I want to know exactly where everything is. And I want to be like, I want a sweater like this. And they're going to point me to that sweater. I'm going to buy that sweater and that's it. That's electronics for me. Sure. But I think like a lot of people don't think that way. They think of clothes as just another commodity that they're like, well, I want it like this. And this is how I want it. And I want it now. 
So they would rather go into a store where somebody can help them, mm-hmm. especially if they have the money. Yeah. You know, they want to, and like I've worked in that industry. I know how those people think. It's yeah. just like, I want to go in. If I'm paying you money, I want you to know where my shit is. I want you to know that it's, I want to know that it's going to fit me because I know this brand and I want, I want this, this and that, and that's it. And I want to spend 20 minutes on it. That's, that's fine. And nowadays you can do that online, mm-hmm. but even in store, like this is what salespeople were technically supposed to do for you like yeah. a few years ago, you know? A lot of people don't really care for the thrift store mentality and the, the winner's mentality, whatever. I love it. Great. That's mm-hmm. that's actually not a problem. I'm sorry. I take it back. But <laughs> a lot of people are not into that. But the thing is, just because you are into that doesn't mean that you're actually doing good for the planet. You're not doing bad. For some people, because it's the peace of mind. So people feel right. it's like a peace of mind for them. And that that and is don't the get problem. Wrong. It's, it's, it's for them, it works. And it's at the end of the day... Not everyone's going to think about the long run of these clothes right. once they give it away. Right. They think that Goodwill or Valley Village or all these places would be doing something productive with it. Not always. Majority sure. of clothing is thrown out. Yeah. Because they rummage, they, Goodwill and Valley Village rummages through the stuff. Not to mention that people throw out stuff or donate stuff that is not sellable. Yeah. I mean, even when you go into the store now, like, I don't know, like, I go thrifting still once in a while. And when I go in and I'm like, why is there a stain on this? Why is there a hole in this? Why are they selling this? for? T-? And now that it's more popular, here's the weird thing. Now that it's become more popular, everything's more expensive. Do you remember when you yes. used to go to like Value Village and everything would be two ninety nine mm-hmm. Canadian, by the yeah. way, and now it's like six ninety nine to twenty dollars easily yeah. for yeah. anything. And you're just like, I could literally go to Forever Twenty One and get this exact shirt from Forever Twenty One for less money than it is being sold secondhand at this store. And this, this to me is actually but the also, problem. But also the quality of the clothes that they put up now. Because they're trying, to, they're trying to yeah. rush out everything. They don't care. They don't care. They're just no. sorting through things. Quickly. Well, they're going through popular stuff, right? Yeah. They're like, what styles might sell? What brands might yeah. sell? They don't actually care about the quality of the stuff. Whereas yeah. back in the day, it used to be like, they're going to put up everything, but you're going to find stuff that's really quality in between the stuff that's not really quality. Mm. Now, there's so many people that are going through it that like, the quality stuff has gone like that. It's gone right away and so everything they- else that's left is shit. So you might as well go to fast fashion stores. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm being a devil's advocate here, but I'm saying like you might as well go back to Forever 21 or Zara or H&M and buy those things for their original price on sale, which yeah. might be like 5 to $20, yeah. as opposed to going to the secondhand store, buying the same stuff worn, used from last season for 5 to $20. Like that does not make sense to me. And, and the reason this is happening is because more and more people are getting into the whole like thrifting thing. Mm-hmm. They're making it more glamorous. They're making it more popular. And they're doing the hauls and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And I think like ultimately what we have to do is teach people to buy less and to buy carefully and not to just haul things. That's what I'm trying to get to. See the whole haul thing for YouTubers and things like that. They have to keep that momentum going. So they're kind of doing a disservice to people telling them to do that. But it's entertaining. That's the whole point. It's they're, like a dress-up doll. They're doing it for entertainment. For sure. In reality, if they weren't, but then people do the same channel, thing, though. right? This is the whole no, thing of being an influencer. they're learning for them. That's the whole influence. Right. They're learning from Especially these bad Especially when it's habits. younger people. Yeah. And this is this is what I'm saying. Is like this is the problem. Remember, parents. Remember this. Parents see this as a good thing because they're spending less on clothing. Sure. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. My kid is like buying this shit from. Oh, this, this is so great. This is so great. Pat on the back. Pat on the back. But you see, it's feeding but the parents from the parents. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is so like this is the thing. Is like people think they're being more sustainable, they're being more green, but they're not. They're just proliferating more of this kind of like buy now, buy more culture, and this whole idea of like. And you know what? Ultimately, to me, it's a capitalist problem. 
Again, I know, I get it. I sound like a communist, but like... And I'm the middle person. Apparently. But in a sense, it's it's more or less that we're producing far more than we ever need. Of course. And the sad thing is we're producing a lot of stuff, even food, which yeah. is sad to and say. And it's getting thrown out. It's getting thrown out. And the majority of people that actually need it are not getting it. There are certain countries yeah, for sure. that made laws. I think it was France, oh, which yeah. is awesome. That's why I love France. Uh, yeah, you have, you have your beef. Whatever. It's just Paris. I like France. But uh, yeah, they made laws of supermarkets can't throw their you know, food in the garbage. They have to give it out. To, I, I love think, that. Yeah, I love that. I forgot lot. what it specifically was, but they would give it out to either other stores that would take it. There's whole stores now that are dedicated to yeah. older produce yeah. or older or food cheap. that like, are still cheap. edible yeah. and cheap. Well, yeah. Do you remember like the dumpster diving thing from like a few years ago? What? I don't know. When I was living in Montreal, I actually tried it for a bit. Just eating from the dumpster. Freeganism. Well, no, I under, okay. I know some people used to go to bakeries and things like that, or the bakeries no, no, no. Would throw so, out stuff so what you would do like, is would be, like, essentially, but yeah. what you would do is because they couldn't sell them afterwards because they yes. didn't want to lower the price, yes. they didn't want to lower their value, whatever. Yes. So dumpsters, dumpster diving was a thing mm-hmm. for several years, and I think that's it's became, older than that. It's really old. No, no, no. I know, but this is like I'm talking about when I found out about yeah. it was like in late aughts, the late aughts, I guess is what <laughs> you would call them. Yes. Anyway, okay. so like. 2006 to 2010 essentially is when I learned about it and um, I just remember it was like this thing and it was considered like disgusting but I thought it was amazing because you're like well they're gonna throw out this also I worked in a grocery store for like a good year before that so I knew their entire system and I was like why the fuck are they throwing out shit that's like perfectly okay especially if you again this is a thing of like coming from a different country where you're like you use everything until you can't use it anymore you know, yeah. and like things might be a little bit brown. You cut that off, you use the rest yeah. of it. It's totally normal. Yeah. So nothing's going to. Yeah. Okay. I get it. It's not perfect. Like fine. But you just, you make do and hopefully you get fresher stuff, but it's, it's not the end of the world. So I just remember this dumpster diving thing where it was like kids with essentially like, it was all like hippies with dreads and whatever, like white kids with dreads. It's, it's usually white kids. Yeah. It's white kids with dreads that used to like run around to like grocery stores. And at the end of the day like once they got rid of all their stuff they would just like go into the dumpster take out all these like trays of food or whatever that were like gonna expire that day or the next day yeah and then they would just take them and eat them and then they started locking up the garbage the dumps they started to lock up the dumps so that people couldn't do that because essentially in the same way as like i don't know who it was i'm not like i'm not gonna say what brands they are because i can't remember but i'm pretty sure like many high fashion brands like burn their burberry i think burberry used to burn all the clothes that they couldn't sell wow did you not know this no oh yeah 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 yeah. so there's a lot of like really high fashion brands that they didn't want their old cheaper stuff to, to get to, into to the market devalue to devalue their brand. their brand not even the, not even the cost of it just nope, the brand just the, they didn't yeah because they didn't do anything they didn't do sales they didn't do clearance they didn't like send Jesus it off to like fuck. tj maxx or winners or whatever what so, assholes. yeah so they would burn everything and essentially dumpster fires like for real dumpster wow. fires so this year just this year uh, i believe it was burberry that said we're not going to do this anymore which means their stuff is now going to go into the market for cheaper which we'll see how that affects the brand and i mean i don't I really think they, shit, i think but they're trying to they're trying to change their image it's only for the image. it's not no 100%. they're probably still cringing they don't want people to say they're assholes basically yeah. well and they were assholes i never really liked burberry for so long i mean i did and didn't like there were some things no, about them were... that i liked but i'm you know who wants to be a chav anyway I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. Don't don't send me letters. I'm totally joking. Please send her letters. I, I, I that's what I look for. Send yeah, these angry letters. It's just gonna be Chav sending me letters anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that's it's uh, like for example, I worked at this high end 
club slash restaurant. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm not gonna about. mention names. Yeah, yeah. And literally, expensive food was thrown yeah. untouched. Untouched. Did you guys get to eat it at least? I got to eat it, okay. but there's a point where I can't. You worked in the, the that place, the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. So you got first dips. Okay. Yeah, always good. first dips, and um, of everything from pastries to yeah. like you name it. And that shit cost how much? And it was expensive yeah. food, like yeah. ridiculous whole I fish. Know. Like, oh my god. So what I would do, I'm not a saint, but what I would do is after every shift, I piled up bags and bags of food. Yeah. And on my way riding my bike through downtown Toronto, you would just I would give it to people. literally give it to homeless people. Yeah. You know? That's how you should do it. Their excuse, the restaurant or club's excuse was, oh, we don't want to be sued for giving people old food. old food that they might get sick over. Guess what? How old does food have to be to get sick over? Yeah. It's either really, really old mm-hmm. or it's already infected. So yeah. it doesn't fucking matter how old it is. Yes. If it's if there's even E. coli in it, even it could be. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah, there's there's a whole thing about salmon. Bullshit. I don't want to get into no, it. It's bullshit. It's people, bullshit. But, I'm not it's bullshit. Gonna, yeah. but anyway, so that's what I would do on my end of every shift, and because it would piss me off. Yeah. So this whole thing of people wasting food and making excuses not to give it to other people is just so dumb. Even my dad used to do that when when we moved here. Like there was a period of time. My dad's an engineer, but like he wanted to be a business person and all this kind of stuff. So there was a period of time where he was working for other places. And essentially he worked for like a couple of fast food restaurants. At the end of the day, they'd be like, throw this out. So there'd be like garbage bags of food. And he would be like, nope. And then he'd bring it home. And I just remember eating the same fucking fast food for like three days in a row just because it was there. But we couldn't throw it out. We were like, why would you throw bags of perfectly good food? I I never got sick. Not once. I got sick of it. Well, no, well, I didn't you, get, no, you sick get sick from it. Too much of it. Yeah, I got over too it. Much, no, no, yes. I didn't even get sick. I was just like, I can't look at this anymore. Like, if I eat another whatever. Well, it's like thing. after Halloween, you look at your yeah. bags and bags of candy. Exactly. With having six siblings, you're you're gonna fucking get sick of it's candy. Just overload, and yeah. it's all overload. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> so yeah, basically, this is what I'm saying. Is like ultimately, I think this is not even a problem of people. It's not even a problem. It's. It's a capitalist problem. Everything has this underpinning of capitalism, which is that like we live in a world that is advertisement based, right? We're all trying to, or not we as whatever, but like the entire economy runs on selling products. So all of these influencers, essentially, they get paid by shilling products. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's, yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to make a career out of it. They're not going to be able well, to. Well, that's why they're doing hauls. That's my point. And yeah, so there's no it's unnecessary to do the whole This part. is the structure they know, this is what they're going to do. And I'm not going to I'm not saying that they do this cuz they don't. But let's say for example like Everlane starts sending a ton of shit to like influencers. To yeah, to us, for example. Not that they should. I I'm, I'm winking if you can't. It's it's audio so I'm wink, winking. Wink. Wink. Okay. But like realistically, even if they start sending stuff to people, it's still going to be the same problem because ultimately yeah, they're sustainable. Yes, they're ethical. Yes, they're transparent. But at the end of the day, you don't need that much stuff. Nobody needs that much stuff. You don't need to go and buy a whole new wardrobe every season. That's insane. No one can wear through their stuff every season. And trust me, I wear through my shoes every season. But that's one pair of shoes if I don't replace it. Like, realistically speaking, we don't need that much stuff. And that that's what I want to get to is like, this is all problematic. Not because of, well, it is. I like that word. It is. It's problematic not not because of people or how they do it. It's because of what we believe. It's because of our mindsets. It's because of how we, how we live our lives and the status symbols that we choose and the values that we have. And I think until we actually 
think about that until we figure out what's important to us and how how do we make our lives worthwhile and not in a materialistic sense but in like a human way how do we do that until we figure that out we're not gonna be able to change this but also we got to figure out how to monetize that shit and sell a service rather than a product and maybe that service is like helping people and maybe it's like doing something differently and maybe it's teaching them something but i think that's more valuable than selling stuff i think that's going to happen more in the coming future i think so too because the way job markets are nowadays and how things will eventually be automated certain industries will be automated and already we're kind of living in a world where most people are living in some form of a major uh, cities are living in service industries yeah a lot of service industries industries so and multiple jobs well, like the whole thing of like millennials care more about experiences than about stuff which is yeah sort of true and sort of not but like whatever but the generation behind though yeah is a little they're, that's interesting they're, the they're interesting really interesting one. look ultimately like i get it not everyone's gonna want to live this whole like eco-friendly nomadic minimalist thing but at the end of the day it's not about that it's just about figuring out what do you find important and how do you make room for it and chances are it's not by buying more stuff it's probably not nobody says you shouldn't buy anything in fact you should buy what you need and that's the beauty of living in the world that we live in now is that you have access to almost everything and i get it that comes from the culture that we've built that comes from the kind of economy that we've created from the kind of like capitalist structures that we've built up that's why it's available but now that it's available, maybe we can think about paring it down to what is necessary rather than just all this bullshit that's available, you know? Is that crazy? It is crazy. Oh, well then. I guess I'm crazy. <laughs> You're obsessed. That's what it is. I'm obsessed with making things better for people. And I think, look, look, I don't, I don't want to get depressive on you guys, but like the world is dark and we live in a bubble. We live in this beautiful bubble of beautiful stuff and we can just like create whatever we want whenever we want and do whatever but but ultimately like not everybody lives this way and i think we have to be a little bit more aware of the influence that we have on the world on everybody else it's kind of it's bullshit and i think it makes us lose our humanity to some extent and i think we have to think about that you know it's a pressing issue (laughs) (laughs) anyway find us on your favorite podcast provider and uh we'll talk to you guys soon and this is ayan the obsessor This is my The Cosmic Nomad. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.